is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-hosts, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What's up? Uh, we got to get right into the, the story that has persisted. So, like, I think the story dropped a day or two after Micah and I recorded last uh, week. It was literally the day after. Yeah, of course. Of course. Week. Well, I, I'm not. Normally, I'm upset about that. I'm not as upset about it this week because we no, because it's the, developed. Right, we've so. been we've been the bene- the beneficiary of of seeing the story develop uh, quite a lot in the last seven days. Uh, I, of course, am alluding to all of the bullshit that's coming out of Activision Blizzard. Um, Carrie, would you like to walk us through the 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 waters as we as oh, we yeah. deeper into the pool with the story? Yeah, so there's a lot. Um, so basically, last week, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. So when we say Activision Blizzard, we basically just mean Blizzard. Um, that's just, you know, they are now Activision Blizzard after having been bought by Activision a few years ago. But yeah. basically, you know, the people responsible for Overwatch and Diablo and StarCraft, Warcraft, etc. Um So a two-year investigation by the state agency uh, uncovered widespread discrimination against female employees in particular in terms of uh, employment conditions regarding compensation, promotion, termination conditions. Uh, Company leadership also apparently consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. Female employees make up only about 20% of the workforce there. Uh, and and I quote, the, uh, the lawsuit says that they are subjected to what they call a pervasive frat boy workplace culture, which includes something referred to as cube crawls in which male employees get wasted and crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and engage in inappropriate inappropriate largely sexual behavior towards female employees. Um, They're saying that the male employees often just sit around and play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to the female employees, uh, joke openly about topics such as rape, among other things. Um, Female employees are being held back from promotions, despite the fact that they are, in many cases, far more qualified than the male coworkers that are um, then being actually promoted. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, the state agency is seeking um, damages, punitive damages, unpaid wages, injective relief, various, various damages against. Yeah, some Blizzard. of the, like I said, some of the things that are alleged in this suit are wild. Um, the, the Passover for promotion uh, apparently was disproportionately targeted towards people of color, women of color specifically. Mm-hmm. That too, yeah. Um, and then uh, trigger warning for suicide. Um, the the shot, most shocking story is uh, a st- uh, anecdote about a woman who committed suicide on a trip, business trip with her superior um, because of constant harassment that she received. And to the point where like pictures of her vagina were like passed around the office, yes. essentially, and shared mm-hmm. and shared around the office, which is really fucking abhorrent just yep. absolutely insane um blizzard's or activision's response to this the initial response uh, when the story first dropped 
Um, wasn't great. No, they sent by... an internal email. Um, yeah, it, Ro- it, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Well, no, that that's not even the one that I was going oh, okay. to that that I was going to call out first because because the first one um, that came out was from uh, Francis Townsend. Okay. Who is the president of corporate affairs at Activision. And the letter that she sent out uh, said that the lawsuit, quote, uh, presents a distorted and untrue picture of our company, including factually incorrect, old and out of context stories, some from more than a decade ago. And there was a line in there about something around like this is what happens when, you know, unchecked bureaucrats go out of control. And this is why so many great uh companies are leaving the state of California. When I read that statement, I was like, wow, that's like one of the most Republican ass statements that I've ever seen written in my entire <laughs> life. And it turns out that Francis Townsend was the deputy director of Homeland Security in the Bush White House during the Iraq war years, which is which was a bit of information that was not shocking to learn at all when I yeah. found that out. Um, Activision president Rob Kostich emailed employees um, basically the day after the story broke saying there is these allegations are disturbing and there is zero tolerance for this type of behavior in our workplace or in our society. And it's just like if there's zero tolerance for it, then why has it been going on for the last however many years? Like I always love how that's like the knee jerk response. And again, this isn't a press release. Like this is something that was sent out to employees. This is an internal company. email. Yeah, this internal email yeah. that got leaked out. And like, like I, lo- I always love how the Diedrich reaction is like, "Well, this isn't who we are." Well, no, it literally but it is. is. Like it, someone, it someone very someone, obviously <laughs> is yeah, who they are. Literally did an investigation for two right. years. And these behaviors these are things. not yeah. reflective of our Activision company values. Uh, yes, they are. This is this is what your company is. This is what Blizzard is. Period. Like. There wouldn't be a huge fucking lawsuit if this wasn't what was going on at your company for the last decade. You're like, oh, that shit drives me nuts. I don't, I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a corporatist, uh, but you know, I'm also not the type of person that's just to like, like at this point, like we can burn it down, right? Like, and I, and I don't, uh, you know, and I don't make statements like that lightly. Like, I I think, I feel like everybody at the top has got to get, got to be gone mm-hmm. at this point. But Literally this is, everyone at the top has to go. Well, like, and, we've said this and we've seen this before in the industry. We saw this with Ubisoft. Like, right, six yeah. months ago, we saw yeah. this with Ubisoft. And guess what? The people who were responsible for overseeing this company culture are fucking still there <laughs> like nothing has changed well I, th- I think what's changed is that the the tolerance level from workers has changed because within the span of a week employees at activision blizzard have mobilized very quickly um to demand essentially some kind of a response from from their higher ups, uh, which which we'll get into in a little bit. And I think that's one of the things that's different is that I don't remember seeing kind of this level of organization 
when all of the Ubisoft stories kept dropping mm. week after week um, because it seemed like isolated to specific people that were called out and not necessarily um, the culture, though the, though the corporate culture was talked about like it was always about these specific people. Whereas with this situation, this is like, oh, this was going on all over the place. Right. And this, this is like, a culture issue. Right. This isn't like, oh, here's the three people responsible for doing all of this. This right. is a cultural problem at Blizzard. Well, And what's beneficial is that the fact that this news came out has seemingly empowered a lot of folks who were keeping you know, might have been afraid to say something before and has kind of emboldened them to speak out publicly to kind of talk about things that they've seen themselves, uh, things that they've experienced themselves. And there's just a, it just feels a lot more a lot more organized around the immediate reaction to what's going on so that we don't have to wait for corporate America to drag their feet mm-hmm. to to do like even a half measure, which is usually all we seem to get from these situations yeah i mean so far we've we've gotten a whole lot of uh we're sorry it's like the fucking south I park failed you i'm, I'm sorry sorry well, like it, it, that's well, all notable. it reads like to me well it's and it's notable too that like you couldn't even get that from people that are currently there like the people that spoke out were mike morheim yeah and chris metzen who aren't who aren't there at anymore. Blizzard anymore? Like they they both left Blizzard, um, and but of course it took this to for them to speak out and, and realize something about that. That might be because so I don't know if you guys saw this. This made the rounds um, in the wake of this news coming out. So like, there's this video from BlizzCon. I think it was in 2010. Mm-hmm. Where I I know which one you're yeah, talking where, about. Where a female fan uh, during the panel that they had for Diablo three was. Standing in front, it wasn't Diablo 3, it was World of Warcraft. I think it was World of Warcraft. Yeah. She basically was like asking them if they would consider making the female designs less overly sexualized because World of yes. Warcraft is by far one of the worst culprits when it comes to like female characters wearing like chainmail bikinis compared to like full plate armor for yeah. the male characters. The, 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 fra- the phrase that she used was like, can we make them look like less that they came out of a Victoria's Secret catalog? Mm-hmm. And of course, and the whole panel laughed. Yeah, at the her. whole the whole panel laughed at her. Like the joke was like, you know, what catalog? You know, oh, what catalog do you want them to come from? Like that kind yeah. of thing, and and just kind of like fucking buried her like right to her face. Of course, the crowd, you know, of fucking neckbeards and incels booed the shit. You know, booed her for even asking the question right. in the first place. But again, like this is this is the kind of shit we were talking about. How video games have only recently started to really focus on trying to become more inclusive. And that's not just the games themselves. Like that's everything around it's, video game yeah. culture. It's and, and from, from the yeah. top on down. Um, yeah. Like the culture sucks and it has sucked for a long time and it's finally starting to catch up with folks. And I hope Blizzard is taken to task for this because some of the, some of the examples that have been given in this lawsuit are unacceptable behavior and i think what really sticks out for me is again like unlike ubisoft which as you mentioned was very much the result of like three or four specific assholes Mm. at ubisoft this is a culture problem and the way that you get a culture problem is when people don't get called out on their bullshit like i i feel like 
I feel like I really need to stress, particularly to the male listeners of this podcast, that if you are in the room with one of your friends and your friend makes a sexist comment or makes rape like some joke, yeah, joke. a rape, rape jokes, shit like that, and you don't call them out, even if there isn't a woman in the room, like if you allow one of your friends to say shit like that and you do not hold them to task for it then you are now responsible for creating a culture in which that is acceptable Mm -hmm. period every single little instance of shit like that going you know uncalled out basically when people are not held responsible for saying the little shitty things it snowballs and it creates an environment in which, you know, people are passed over for promotions because they are women or someone's, you know, revenge porn photos can be shared among employees and co-workers leading to someone's suicide. And and that is just something that happens because the little things were not called out like. Period. If you are a man and you are listening to this and you have friends who think it's funny to make sexist, racist, homophobic jokes and you do not call them out on their bullshit, even when a person of color, a woman, uh, a member of the queer community is not in the room, uh, you are now responsible for helping to create that culture. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's not, this doesn't happen overnight. Like this is something that's, that's, you know, instilled and reinforced and it doesn't change and it. And it takes stuff like this, but of course, like it's great that this stuff is coming out now, like that it's seen the light of day because nothing, you know, sunlight cures a lot of things. Like when things get, you know, brought to the surface, it's, that's the only way that you can start to affect change them. I hope that this empowers more people who are at, you know, not just Blizzard or Activision, but at other game companies who are seeing this sort of behavior. I hope that this lawsuit empowers them mm-hmm. to speak up and speak out about it. Um, well, because it's, particularly if you're coming into a place where that culture is already prevalent, you may not feel as though you have the ability to say anything. Um, well, now uh, it's it's certainly empowered over two thousand employees uh, at Activision Blizzard who saw that response that the company released internally uh and said this is bullshit essentially yeah. <laughs> uh the i'm i'm going to quote a few lines from the from this open letter uh which was signed by again over 2000 employees um the the subsequent internal statement from Francis Townsend are abhorrent and insulting to all that we believe our company should stand for uh, our values as employees are not accurately reflected in the words and actions of our leadership Uh, We believe these statements have damaged our ongoing quest for equality, both inside and outside of the industry. Uh, These statements make it clear that our leadership is not putting our values first. Immediate corrections are needed from the highest levels of our organization. So, yeah, basically, like, these employees were saying that they don't trust Activision to keep them safe, essentially. Like, they don't don't trust the company they work for uh, to keep them safe. Which is completely rational thing to think in, in the wake of 
a lot of these allegate, you know, all these allegations that are coming out, especially like, can you imagine if you're a woman, if you're, especially if you're a person of color, like even if you haven't overtly experienced that kind of harassment or that kind of discrimination, you might not realize it. Like how many, how many people that work for Activision now are now like rolling back past incidents in their head and just kind of like hyper analyzing, like, you know, I didn't think anything of this is at the time, but like, what if, you know, this right. was that and that kind of thing. Um, so that's that that came yesterday. And then today uh, it's discovered that they are planning. And when I say they, I mean, employees of Activision Blizzard are planning a uh, walkout on Wednesday uh, to protest what's going on. Apparently, a lot of developers that work on World of Warcraft have basically just stopped working. Uh, in the in the wake of that statement coming out, yeah. and basically, according to people in, that have sources inside, uh, that nothing is happening with World of Warcraft right the second, which seems like it could be a big financial problem down the road, especially with a game that's connected online all mm. the time. Uh, which which again is not good for people that play World of Warcraft, but at the same time, like I don't I don't blame. You know, I don't blame these people for yeah. for doing <laughs> what they need to do to make their voices heard. Protests are supposed to be inconvenient. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if you don't, if you don't, if, if all you care about is playing World of Warcraft, well then you better do your part to make sure that this company is taken to task mm -hmm. so that, so that the production can, can get rolling again. That's how you, that's how you make change. Even if, even if that's your very selfish reason, right? If, if, if that's your selfish reason for, for, for change to happen, I mean, at this point, uh, I'm I'm with it, right? Like, because something's got to happen. And um, Jesus Christ, man! Like, as much as as much as uh, video game companies and companies just in general are 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 they're 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 always quick to to trot out diversity and and um, to, to 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 give you stats on. Mm. You know, how many, what does every Ubisoft game, at least every Ubisoft Assassin's Creed game start with? It starts with this game was created by uh, a, a cadre of people of multi uh, genders and nationalities and, and, uh, you know, like they're, they're proud of it. Right. But they don't, but they're still treating people like shit. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to do. I don't I don't know what else to do. I mean, this like is this is the kind of stuff you do. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, oh, well, like boycott buying Activision Blizzard games on a consumer level. And boycotting a game works if you're disappointed with the game itself and the direction the game is going. Boycotting a game doesn't necessarily work to change the culture inside of a company. Right. I think that you know, making your voice heard and standing alongside the people that are trying to affect this change and, and demanding that this company be held and that their leaders be held to account for the change, I think is how you affect change. Like I don't, it, like if Diablo two resurrected shits the bed from a sales standpoint, there's not a single person inside, not a single sales analyst in Activision Blizzard to be like, well, this, this obviously didn't sell well because of the culture of harassment at our company. Like that's like, that's just not realistically right. what's going to happen. Um, 
some of the things that the employees that are walking out are demanding, like this is kind of like their list of demands, um, is transparency around employee compensation by gender and ethnicity, uh, a third-party audit of the company's reporting structure, human resources, and executive staff. And then they're seeking to end uh, mandatory arbitration clauses that are in current and future employee contracts, which arbitration is a shitty thing that lots of large corporations can do. Um mm-hmm. And they're basically like, yeah. you're not allowed to sue us. Like, yeah. Yeah. You or no, it's not that you, you can't sue them. It's that you can't take collective action against them. Like you can't do You can't do like class action suits against mm-hmm. them. You have to handle things individually, which then hurts the plaintiff's ability to to win those cases in a lot of circumstances. Absolutely. They so, got a team. They got lawyers on retainer. Right. right? And who and who are you? You're 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 here with Lionel Hutz's number on a matchbook. Right. Like, you know, it just it's it's so it's so frustrating. And um, and I just I don't understand it. And I, I I mean, I really don't understand it. Like all you have to do is put yourself in someone else's shoes. And. I, but 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 Micah, the, the vast majority of people who I would imagine were the cultivators of the harassment of at, at Blizzard were probably overwhelmingly white and probably overwhelmingly male. Please well, name look. me the last time that a white male was forced to put themselves into somebody else's shoes. This is a white well, male speaking to you right now. Please tell me the last yeah. time that a white male is forced white, to. White men are, you are fucking worse at being able to put themselves in someone else's shoes. Yeah, but like, that's but that's what I'm saying, right? Like it's very difficult for me to because you are overwhelmingly white and male, <laughs> and 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 but but I and you are the type of white people that I hang out with, yeah. the two of you, <laughs> right? Like only the two of you and Jack, right? Like the, the two of you, and. So that's where my disconnect is, yeah. right? Because I don't hang around people who are who are assholes uh, in this well, time. As, as I'm finding out, uh, people like me and Jack and Carrie, when it turn, when it comes to whiteness, are the exception, not, not the rule. Seemingly, no that's, that's things are going on. Um, but no, like when when you when you don't live a life of struggle, and I'm not talking about like there's no struggle for white men. I'm just saying right. in general, like when. When the world is designed to cater to your specific whims, you don't have to consider things from other people's perspective. No, that's called having privilege. Yes, that's that that is that is very that much is white privilege. A, a tenet that of is white, white privilege, male privilege for sure. Um, so that's why these people don't do that. Like like we've talked before about how a lot of these high ranking executives, when it came to Ubisoft specifically, was born of a lot of people who didn't tell them no or someone tried to hold them to account like there were consequences for that person. This is just kind of that whole thing rung amok. Again, when you looked at the panel in that World of Warcraft panel that I mentioned, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that every single person on that panel, every single developer. No, I looked. They're all was, was a, a white dude. white man. Right. And white again, that was that was 10 years ago. The industry's come a long way from the standpoint of diversity, even in that time. However, the fact remains that that was what was driving the culture of Blizzard forward was a lot of white guyness <laughs> that was just kind of permeating. And when you are when there's when the office is made up of mostly white males, which, again, I'd have to imagine just based on. 
demographics in the video game industry. Like that's just kind of how it goes. People don't have the courage or people don't feel like that they can speak out against stuff because they're worried about how it's going to affect how people view them in the office, how it's going to affect their current career, how it's going to affect their future career. The video game industry is ultimately a very small industry. Like a lot of people know a lot of people. It's very so incestuous. Get, yeah. yeah. So if you get branded, you know, like a troublemaker, or if you get branded someone who's difficult to get along with, how does that affect future prospects? If you want to continue working in video games. So a lot of people we found out over the years just have to shut the fuck up and take it kind of thing. And that's, that's what the problem is, is that there's no one calling these people out. That, and, and it's, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, the 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 typical defense of, of a white man being called out on his bullshit is, oh, it's just a joke. Just a joke, bro. I'm just joking around. Yeah. You're going to take it so seriously. I, that's constant. And, I, and I'm sure that that's, that's, you know, that's, that's, that is what the culture right. is at. At Blizzard, and 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 it, do, and it doesn't help when again in the wake of a two year investigation and the suit is brought by not by a private person, not by one person suing, or by, the act, by the state of California. Of California <laughs> the knee jerk reaction from leadership is, well, this is all bullshit. This is just bureaucrats mm-hmm. over overreaching and 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 extending their power and like again, like like just just the line in there about like this is why companies are leaving California. I like I, she I, like, sounds like a real. Bitch, dude, and like, like really, just the, the bile, like the bile immediately just fucking raised into my throat when I saw that statement. I'm just like, yeah, really, like, like you're gonna see this, like you're gonna read, like you didn't even obviously you didn't read what was in the fucking in the fucking suit that's being brought against you, number no. one. But you're gonna read the stuff that's in there, and your knee jerk reaction is gonna be, let's PR spin this, like, 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 let's put out the PR statement to try to get public opinion on our side kind of thing or try to get our employees pu- opinions on our side like get the fuck out of here like how, there, how how amazingly toned up do you need to be is there a um carry I'm, I'm asking you is there a a gendered equivalent of an uncle tom because th- <laughs> mm. this is i i feel like like a all Deborah? of this is i don't know <laughs> and on Deborah. Um, that's, that, that's, I, that's not that's not like what a Mary Sue is, right? I'm like I'm still not clear. No, what a, a Mary Sue, Sue, is. Sue yeah. is what uh, shitty little incels call female characters that they don't like. I gotcha. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, no, I I, I I understand what you're saying. No, this is this is a Republican woman who is only interested in continuing to make money, so she's just trying to spin this whatever way that she can. I mean, like you honestly, sell out, you sell out your whole gender. Oh, uh, we saw fucking forty-seven percent of white women sell out their whole gender when they voted yeah. for Trump a few years ago. So yeah, I guess I can't put nothing past anybody, man. No, because for just... a lot of white women, their whiteness comes first. Yeah, yeah, like that, like that Bill Burr joke that everybody got offended. Every white woman got offended by. <laughs> yeah, that Bill Burr was absolutely fucking spot on about white women. <laughs> uh, you were right there, standing next to him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. She, that that statement is the thing that that statement is the thing that really gets like my blood boiling. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they had her put her name on that statement 
for the sake of having a it woman wouldn't, say it. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it, it's, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have landed the same – well, I, I would have been, I guess, worse maybe if Bobby Kotick had been like, this oh, is a new we are. <laughs> now let me, fan, fan, let me fan myself off with my bundle of $100 bills that right. I'm going to light on I fire. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like they'd have been coming with, to, to Bobby Kotick's house with pitchforks. <laughs> here's, here's what I think is also likely to happen from – blizzard specifically is the last time we had a blizzard controversy was a couple years ago when the whole hong kong protest shit happened and they handled that very 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 poorly and everyone was like yo blizzard fuck you guys and they they were like oh what if we announced overwatch 2 and overwatch 2 is going to have a playable character that's a woman of color isn't that neat isn't that so neat we finally have a black woman playable character in this game isn't it look at this look at the shiny thing stop <laughs> criticizing us and look at the shiny thing um so i know, feel like tell me is we're gonna get a diablo 4 release date then in the next like two to three weeks absolutely we are absolutely <laughs> getting like something related to diablo 4 and something related to overwatch 2 within the next two to three weeks so that they can try and distract the fanboys yeah from the criticism uh, from the lawsuit that they are under. Well, but here, but here's the problem: is I, I would, I would imagine, if you identify yourself as a Blizzard fanboy, you're probably not necessarily coming down on the side that we're coming down on in this conversation. <laughs> probably not. Not, not, not to overgeneralize. I'm sure there are very big, uh, several, many Blizzard fans who are sure. As angry I as have we a are, lot but... of friends who play Overwatch like in a rec league and whatnot, yeah. and they're all pretty bummed out about this yeah. um and, it, and it's and, and just and the least important aspect of this but still something that's probably the most relevant to the the people listening and all of us it does suck to fucking give your dollars to companies that behave in this way. that treat their employees like it's like it's, shit. it's shit and and like you know you don't you still do it because you don't want to deprive yourself of fun but you're, you're not feeling good about it when you're fucking handing over that that, that I info, haven't so. spent money on a Blizzard game in probably eight years. Yeah. Did you buy that Tony Hawk game? That's an Activision game. That's uh, it's Blizzard. Activision Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> you think you you think cube crawls were just happening at the Blizzard offices? No, probably not. Yeah. But I mean, this this does this does seem to be pretty specifically a Blizzard problem. Sure, um, sure. I'm just saying but, that like the Call of Duty people are next door. I can't oh, yeah, imagine no, that the culture is one hundred percent. But yeah, it's it's a shit story. Um, it's been unrelenting. I'm glad that it seems to be going in the direction of action being yeah. taken. I think that's a huge positive. Um, but I really, really hope that companies start seeing what happened at Ubisoft, start seeing what happened at Blizzard, and mm -hmm. start to take a little bit more of an introspective look at what's going on inside of their companies and fixing these problems. What's going on with their hiring practices. Right. Like, like, like clean, clean your house. Like don't just assume that it's not happening at your house because it probably is too. Like, especially mm -hmm. in this industry, it just seems like there's a lot of really fucking shitty people that have been allowed to fester shittiness and move up into positions of prominence within a lot of these companies. So I'm just saying, don't assume that you don't fucking have skeletons somewhere in your house. Figure this shit out. Get ahead of it. Change the culture at your company. Otherwise, 
it's going to be your turn in the barrel like six months from now. Like like at some point, like it's like you're going to be the next one that's that's getting the investigative report, because I guarantee you that people like Jason Schreier, people like, you know, people that do this work that actually dig in and find this information. They have sources everywhere, man. And they people see this stuff and. It's very easy to tap to send Jason Stryer a DM on Twitter and be like, guess what, Jason Stryer? This shit's happening at my company too. Yeah. Would you like to hear about it? And then it becomes like a you know, he he gets the he gets the he's like a bloodhound that finds the scent, man, and he just fucking digs in and gets all up in your shit. Like like that, like that's not what you want. That's not what you want. Like I said, Schreier's coming is not what you want to hear when you when you're when you're when you're executive no. at a video game company, I don't think. No. I just Speaking have a picture of, of him in a black trench coat whistling farm in the Dell with a, <laughs> with a pen and a pad and a press hat. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of Jason Trier, he broke a similar, well, oh, I would say a related story about Blizzard this week. Mm -hmm. um, now, for, for what it's worth, he said that this story had been in the works for several weeks before this lawsuit in California got filed. But he reported that um, he reported extensively on the Warcraft 3 reforged debacle and I think, I think, why I think this might even go past debacle. This, this this could be qualified as a official boondoggle. I, I <laughs> boondoggle. OK, we're going to have to create our, our our scandal ranking system between <laughs> the severity between a. I, I, I feel like like debacle and then below debacle is like clusterfuck and then boondoggle is like okay. below, it's, it's like below that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Warcraft Three Reforged um, when it released, um, it's bad. It's fucking not good at all. Um, which was kind of surprising given that Blizzard is generally known for releasing games of quality. Um, you know. They release something that's a good game out of the box as opposed to having to release a bunch of patches. Um, now, the, the, the issue is, is very similar. It's that the culture at Blizzard fucking sucks. <laughs> and that there was a, a lot of conflict and whatnot um, with, within the dev team on on reforged and um you know things things weren't going well the the dev team worried that they had promised more than they could deliver on remastering warcraft 3 was more complicated than their previous remake um morale was really bad and blizzard pushed really hard to you know not push back the release date or anything like that um and uh yeah so it released and it was fucking garbage yeah. and um and they knew it and they knew it was yeah. bad and they released it anyway um and blizzard vowed to patch and update reforged but that hasn't really happened and, um, and and well my favorite part of this whole thing is that when they released this game they literally took down the original version of Warcraft mm -hmm. three. So this was the only ver the like the shit version, like the, the ass version of the game that they put out that they knew was bad was the only version that you could play. Right. Which is a fucking terrible idea. Um, so yeah. Why wouldn't you at least like leave the old version up? 
or, or right. give players the option to, to go into the old version. Like, I don't understand if you know the game is shit and you know there's going to be problems and you know you're going to get a backlash from it. Why wouldn't you be like, hey, while we're working on this, here's, you know, you still got original, the original Warcraft 3 that you can play. So, yeah. Um, Schreier said on Twitter that the sort of through line between this and the lawsuit story is the fact that people who were seeing the issues did not feel as though they had the ability to speak up and be heard with their concerns due to the culture at the company. Mm-hmm. So not only is Blizzard's terrible work culture affecting women and causing issues with discrimination against women and people of color, but it's also leading to bad games being released. So get your shit together, Blizzard. Seriously. So what well, sucks? Um sorry sorry to start things on a down note, but let's let's make a hard fucking turn uh-huh. uh into talking about Pokemon Unite actually a really fun game. I've heard. I've heard I, it's I, very fun. It's very fun. So so for context, uh, I've never really played a MOBA before. They never really looked interesting to me. Um didn't really care too much. But look, Pokemon Unite was free. Um, people are like, this is like, you know, like League of Legends on training wheels, essentially. So I'm like, well, this could be cool. It's like, it seems like it's low overhead. Uh, and it is. Um, Pokemon Unite is a is a very fucking by the numbers uh, multiplayer online battle arena game. And if you don't know what that type of game is, basically, there's two teams. Uh, there's a number of players in each team. Each team has a number of like goals essentially or like areas on their side of this uh symmetrical map that they have to protect uh essentially what you do is you kill or is you as as you pick up character each character has unique abilities um you go through it's a timed match typically uh you beat up on npc characters to gain experience uh as you gain xp your character will get new abilities that persist only for that match and usually you have a choice of different abilities you can upgrade between uh you can also fight other players on the other team as well uh when you defeat them they have to get kind of sent back to their base and 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 respawn and there's usually some kind of a small uh penalty and you're just trying to attack their um, their base and score as many points as you can while defending your own base essentially as well. And when the time limit's over, whichever team has scored the most points wins the game. Um, it's pretty simple. It's a formula that po- it, Pokemon really lends itself well to just because of how Pokemon is. Because not only do you have the unique Pokemon that you can control that all have unique abilities anyway, but the fact that Pokemon can evolve into different forms of, of themselves uh, make the leveling system really like streamlined and it makes perfect sense that, oh, yes, of course, once, you know, I, my Charmander becomes Charizard, it gets this crazy like fucking ultra ability that you can use where you can literally pick up another Pokemon and slam them into the ground uh, as fire burns around them. Like naturally, that's that completely makes sense to me. Um, the game is really fun. Like it's 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 very now, this wasn't developed by the Pokemon company. Um, this was developed by another developer that's owned by Tencent in cooperation with the Pokemon company. But it still has that very Nintendo aesthetic of very simple to jump in on. Uh, but the but the strategy depth is there when you need it. Like, there's not a whole lot of actions that you can do. Um, teamwork is pretty 
streamlined in the game, uh, even without voice chat, like you can still communicate pretty well with your teammates and the strategy is there. And it's just been really fucking fun to play. Like, like I wasn't ex- like it. I mean, helped that I got like the gold star in my first match. Like I was the MVP of the game <laughs> and just, and just kind of, and, and started rolling. Um, but the game, but the minute to minute gameplay is fun. Matches only last like 10 minutes. Um, and they even have a quicker version that you can play as well, which is also really fun. Hmm. Uh, they don't show the scores during the match, which I think is also pretty nifty because it do- like if your team starts to get blown out, it's not like everyone bails. Essentially, all that all they tell you is the match goes on is like, oh, we're winning by a little bit or, oh, we're like we're, we're, we're really far ahead or, oh, we're really struggling to keep up. Like you get that message occasionally. And if your team's really far behind, then basically your team gets to vote on whether or not you want to surrender. So you don't have to like waste waste any more time uh, fighting a lost cause. It's interesting. That's sort yeah. of similar to how Splatoon does. It's stuff. very it's very similar to Splatoon. Like, like because that, like, like you, you yeah. don't you, you get like. If if your icon is bigger than the other team's icon, mm-hmm. then you're ahead. Um, and if you're down by, I think more than fifteen percent, it'll say danger. Yeah. But it's easy to come back from that. Well, and um, and unite has that mechanic as well because with like two minutes, it 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 becomes like fucking family feud with like two minutes left, like all the points double, and like and and oh, a wow. legendary Pokemon uh, spawns in the center of the map, which you have to basically take on as a team. Um, like you can't you can't kill it by yourself because it has too many hit points. Um, but if your team lands the final blow on the legendary Pokemon, not only does everyone on the team get like a huge amount of of Pokeballs that you then have to dunk in in the opponent's side, but it also um, opens their goals up. So normally, when you go to dunk uh, points into an opponent's goal, you have to hold down the X button. And depending on how many points you're holding, the longer like this meter takes to fill up. And if you get attacked while you are doing that, then it gets interrupted and you can't and you can't dunk what you have. But while your opponent's goals are wide open, like you literally just have to run up to it and tap X and you fucking dunk everything. So like it's 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 a way for the if the winning team kills the legendary to kind of cement their victory. But it's also a huge like comeback mechanic for the losing team if they can if they can get their shit together and and work as a team, uh, you can really swing the match back the other direction, which I think is really a really interesting way to go. Like there's there's a couple matches that I've been in where my team was losing, but we got the legendary and then we eked out like a three or five point win, which in Ooh. Unite is a very tiny amount of points with the with the scores that are gonna be in there for each game. So that's a lot of the good stuff about Pokemon Unite. However, yeah. It takes about I don't know, 10 or 12 matches before you start to realize, "Oh, that's right. This is a free-to-play game." So, by default, you essentially have access to one Pokémon of each of the different classes that are in the game. Uh they have like, you know, attacker, defender, all-around, speedster, like stuff like that. So, and then you get to pick another one. Like, they're like, hey, here's three to choose from, and you can pick another one to unlock for free as well. Uh, the rest of them cost in-game currency, and it takes a long time to grind the amount of in-game currency that you need to unlock another Pokemon. Or you can use these you gems that you can pay for with premium currency uh, and unlock them yourself. It seems like most of the Pokemon cost like 4 to $5 a piece, which is reasonable. Like, that's about what a League of Legends character costs, if I'm not mistaken. But there's also, like, 
items in the game. So like you have held items and held items boost your stats in some way, shape or form. And you can hold up to three of them once you get your trainer rank high enough on each of the Pokemon that you're using. And those items can be leveled up and they're leveled up with these other items that you have to buy that are called like item levelers or whatever the fuck the name is. And again, they can be bought with in-game currency, but if you don't have enough of the in-game currency, well, then you can just buy more of the in-game currency so that you can get your, your things to level these things up as high as they go so that you get a bigger stat boost from them. Um, so some people said that like the game can be sort of pay to win in that way, since you can kind of buy these upgrades. I will give the game credit. So the, aside from the Pokemon itself, most of the things that you can spend real money on are cosmetic upgrades, which is what I would expect from a game like this. They also aren't throwing, they're not shoving the like monetary system in your face. Mm. Like it's like, it's not like on the main menu, like it's like, Hey, buy gems here. It's not like if you go to buy a Pokemon, you know, it's not like, Hey, did you know that you can pay, you know, pay real money for these? Like, it's not doing that. Um, it's kind of like obfuscated a little bit, which is a good thing. But I, but once I got to like trainer rank nine, give or take, uh, which is, I think I'm at like level 10 or 11 right now. It really slowed down. Like, like you hit that like first gate, where it's like, all right, now we'd like you to to give us some money, please. Yeah. And it's good. Like, like the game is good. And I, I don't think I'd be upset to spend a little bit of money in this game. But I'm but I immediately felt like I kind of had to. To progress at, at a at a at a good rate. And I'm and I'm curious, like, so like I've been messing around with ranked play a little bit and been doing pretty well, but I wonder what point I get to a ranked play where it's like, I'm just getting my teeth kicked in by better players. And if I don't have these upgrades, like I'm just going to get lost in the ranked play shuffle. Like that's, that's kind of like what I'm afraid of happening. Um, but it's good. It's, it's much more fun than I thought it would be. Okay. And I would All encourage right. you if you've never played a MOBA to try it. Cause it's like, it's like, it seems like it's the easiest MOBA to, get into like if you've always been like man league of legends looks interesting but it seems like it's too much pokemon unite is not not too much of a you know thing to immerse yourself in okay so it's fun i'm staying away from this game (laughs) 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 that's perfectly fine it's like i said it's you, you can make some cool plays um carrie tell us about your experiences with monster hunter stories 2 yeah I finally started playing this last week. Um, this is the single player JRPG version of Monster Hunter. Uh, it's good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's it's addicting in that weird Monster Hunter way. Um, so rather than hunting monster, and rather than being a monster hunter, you are a rider. So you find eggs. You find monster eggs and you hatch them and you form bonds with monsties. It's basically Pokemon. <laughs> like you've you've got 80 different kinds of monsties that you can find throughout this world, and you find them in dens, and it's sort of random. Um, but you hatch eggs and you can basically do eugenics. Uh, um and <laughs> You can move genes around and and basically build up 
like a really strong monster. I mean, to be and, fair, um, like Pokemon is also kind of a eugenics game in and of yes, itself. It's just like I'm going to evolve. Like, no, you are not. No, you are not. <laughs> breeding specific <laughs> traits into Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, it's very much that. Um, the story is the story. Basically, you are you. You're the grandchild of this legendary rider, and there are these strange pits coming up that emit this weird glow that are making the monsters act super violent. So you're like investigating these pits, and they think that this particular Rathalos called the Raisewing Ratha is responsible for it. Um, who knows if he is or not? I am like halfway through the story at this point. Um, and there's apparently a lot of really good post game content too. So that's fun. But yeah, um, battle system's really simple. Um, it's literally rock, paper, scissors. Um, you can either, you can attack with either a power attack, a speed attack, or a technical attack. So a power attack beats a speed attack, a speed attack. That doesn't make sense. A power attack beats a technical attack. A technical attack beats a speed attack. A speed attack beats a power okay, attack. Okay, that makes way more that sense. That makes um, way yeah. more sense. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, these people have never looked at the fighting game Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's true Rock, Paper, Scissors. And you can do, like, cool combos. Um, there's also sort of like a sub Rock, Paper, Scissors sort of. Um, so you can have either, like, a slashing weapon, a piercing weapon, and a blunt weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they don't have all of them, so I unfortunately cannot main lance in this game. Um, the only two piercing weapons available are bows and gun lances, which is fucking lame. Um, <laughs> but it means I have to play with gun lance because uh, I'm not going to play with a bow like some fucking nerd. Yeah, uh, <laughs> So it, it does, it does seem your, silly to use a bow in a game where a gun is available. So right, uh, yeah. So piercing is bow and gun lance. Slashing is greatsword and sword and shield. And then um, blunt is hammer and hunting horn. Um, so certain like you can do the thing where it's like okay, cool. I'm going to target the monster's tail, and the tail is particularly weak to one of these three types mm-hmm. of things. So if you change weapons, which you can change every turn if you want to, um, to deal more damage and, you know, break parts and get extra rewards and whatnot. But yeah, I like it a lot. It's really cute. The music is good. Um, I like the characters. Story is very JRPG. But yeah, it definitely like the the sort of cycle of like okay cool i'm gonna like go into a monster den and i'm gonna fight a couple things in here and i'm gonna get an egg and hope it's a good one and you know the the cycle of hatching eggs and breeding monsties to then use against other monsties is very similar to beating the piss out of monsters to take their parts and then make more weapons to fight more monsters um yeah it's fun i enjoy it a lot um it's on pc and switch i'm playing it on switch um because I wanted the collector's edition, like a enormous dork. And um, I almost kind of regret not getting it on Steam, because it does look a lot better on PC <laughs> I, than it I would does imagine, on I would imagine Switch. that it does. <laughs> uh, sure. Alas. I mean, it's fine, because I can like play Monster Hunter and then also watch the Olympics at the same time. Yeah. So that's fun. And then I'm still playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, because uh, it turns out I like MMOs now. Who would have thought? Not me. 
Um, I now have like 90 hours in Final Fantasy 14, and I'm a little upset with myself. That's the only MMO I could get into. Like I got into 11 why, first. Why is and I was it so addicted much, with 11? Why is it? So, how is it so much different than like World of Warcraft? It is, man. I don't. I don't know what I, to. T- I I've played World of Warcraft mm-hmm. and it just didn't do it for me. And I don't know if it's that Final Fantasy name. I don't know if it's the aesthetics. Um, for me, it's a lot of the if, aesthetics because and the music. Like, look, yeah, like being able to to like to fight Gilgamesh and to do battle on the big bridge. I was like, cool. Yeah, I'm man. Sold. I'm sold. Like, fuck I me see, up with battle on the big these- bridge. <laughs> I see all these spells and and enemies that I'm used to seeing. Like it's it's familiar. You know what I mean? Like that's what got me into well, it. And it then se- I, it seems to me like the thing from from what I because I looked into it once Carrie started playing it. Because of course, like I said, I've never met a good zeitgeist that I couldn't get caught up in. Um, <laughs> it see it seems like one of the things that people really do like about the game is that you can have one character and you can learn every class on one character. That's, like that's you don't a have to roll. Big thing. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to, have to stick with just one. So, like, I've been working, so, like, I'm maining Dragoon, which is a melee DPS class, because I like Final Fantasy IV, and I want to look like Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, um, I can, I, I've been sort of doing tank stuff with Dark Knight, and that's been a lot of fun. So, like, my Dark Knight level is now almost as high as my Dragoon level. You have all these crafting classes and all this other stuff you can do. I don't take a ton of joy in doing that. My husband's really into the crafting and gathering stuff. I'm just are you I'm, are you paying for the game now? Uh, I will in four more days be paying <laughs> a subscription for the game because uh, my free play period is almost up. Because um, once I bought like the full game, right. which now has all of the expansions in it and whatnot, I'm well into Heaven's Word at this point. Um, I thought the story of Realm Reborn was fine mm-hmm. i thought the period like the main quest the main scenario stuff between the end of realm reborn and the start of heavens where there's like this chunk of bullshit and it is such a drag to get through that but once you get through that and you're into heavens word and you're into all the cool like dragon shit i'm like Fuck me up with that. Absolutely. Love that. Love like actual high fantasy, final fantasy stuff. Yeah. Because like what I don't love is like the cyberpunky modern. I, I gotta final tell you, I'm really, shit. I'm really looking forward to getting a proper, like old school themed Final Fantasy game. I am really looking forward year. to 16 because it looks like an old yeah. school high fantasy final fantasy. And it's also being developed by the main creative team behind 14, it which again has been Eva fun. Lease, doesn't it? It takes place in Eva Lease, doesn't it? Does it? I, I think so. I, I thought I saw that somewhere. I thought the I whole was point was like, that they're not supposed to be interconnected with one another uh, across I, numbered iterations. I think that I think it takes place in Eva Lease. If, there, if, if there's a lot of fucking if there's a lot of fucking uh, tie back to 14, I'm going to be a little upset about that. I feel like. Nah, you'll be fine. Okay. You'll be fine. Uh, you'll just be like, what the hell is a Taru Taru? And then you'll be like, oh, okay, that's a Taru Taru. Okay. Uh, no, uh, Final Fantasy 16 is set in the fantasy world of Valisthea. So Valisthea. Not Ivalice. Well, uh, maybe I just have 14 on the brain then. Yeah, because I know they, they <laughs> one of the more recent expansions added Ivalice to it. So, um, yeah, look. 
I'm enjoying the shit out of it, which yeah. is great. It seems like a lot of people are enjoying the shit out of it, which leads us into this next story where, um, yeah, so they've had to do a lot of server maintenance recently yeah. because too many people are playing Final Fantasy XIV. Well, apparently, um, so what is it? It says in the in the Eurogame article here, it says that uh, Steam saw a peak concurrent of sixty seven thousand players, which is an all time record for the game doesn't yeah, sound doesn't sound like it's a lot but for an mmorpg that's not world of warcraft i feel like that it is a lot that's a lot yeah um yeah it and that's feels, just on steam it's it's interesting like it feels very busy when i'm playing and i'm playing on a popular server i play on leviathan so if you play on if you play on leviathan let me know um or if you play on the primal that da- data server let me know um yeah um it's uh it's interesting. So uh Naoki Yoshida um basically told told players that um people don't need to like don't don't show restraint. Um apparently a lot of people have um basically publicly said like hey, we're not gonna um you know, maybe we won't just like AFK in game. I'll make sure to log out rather than just like idling in game while I go do something out. Um but um yeah um you know he he basically says um don't don't stop having fun you know we we understand that this is just part of the game um there there are ways of he says i myself have played many an mmo so i know how watching other players bustle past during mealtimes physically and mentally prepares you for challenging dungeons later now a spontaneous dance performance can brighten everyone's day <laughs> These are ways of role playing, and they are part of the fun of MMORPGs. Oh my god, that's the most Japanese thing I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Therefore, I want you to know that while I deeply appreciate you being considerate, activities such as the above are part of the game too, and you don't need to show so much restraint that you stop having fun. Um, So I think that's really wholesome (laughs) to say. yeah, I mean, now there is an auto automatic logout after being idle for X amount of time. Um, yeah, so basically he says, you know, allow the system that we've put in place to to do its job. Um, so it's it's yeah. cool it's cool to see this game having been uh, having rebounded the way that it has. Because again, yeah. I I remember where it started out when the game first uh, when it released. First release. It was bad. Yeah. It's a bad game. It was it was pretty awful. Um, yeah, he says, please please continue to enjoy Final Fantasy XIV in your own way and show our new players how alive its world is with adventures of all sorts. The one thing that I have really enjoyed about Final Fantasy XIV is that at large, I feel like people are really chill. Like yeah. it seems like a really cool community. Um, I've been solo queuing into dungeons and raids and whatnot, and haven't really encountered a lot of assholes. I've had minor annoyances when trying to tank when like mostly people who are maybe doing a role that they aren't super used to like healer or something like that. That's the most terrifying thing in the world is when you're tanking and your healer just like runs ahead into the next room and draws all the aggro. And I'm just like, don't. When your healer like waits until you get a sliver of health, oh that and then too, I'm like overheals your ass, <laughs> and then the mob is like, oh oh oh, that's what we are doing. All right, this remind mm-hmm. this reminds me of the uh, of the what was the I think it's the uh, Dorkly video of like the white mage <laughs> in battle 
Uh, and like the party is like almost fucking dead, basically against this big boss. And they're like, "Heal us!" And like the white man is like, "No, I'm going to attack." And he like attacks the staff for like one damage or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it feels like sometimes. I've I've been tanking for some some healers who uh, are a little. Little, little speedsters running ahead of me and like literally one was so bad where I was like in chat I was like hey if you want a tank you should maybe choose a tank class <laughs> like, <laughs> but if you're healing I need you to stay behind me please <laughs> I'll well, pull as big as I can without getting us killed but like please well, don't run ahead and pull all the aggro and get yourself killed because none of us can revive you <laughs> well speak, speaking of Japanese games with a uh, very dedicated community so I I've gotten very into Formula One this season. Like, it took three seasons of Drive to Survive for me to, like, actually want to start watching Formula One. And I'm, like, I'm fucking nose deep, man. Like, I like, <laughs> like, like I got opinions, and I just learned about this shit yesterday. Like, it's amazing. But it has reinvigorated my desire to play uh, racing games with real cars, not like, you know, Mario Kart and shit like that. So I bought Need for Speed uh hot pursuit remastered because it was on sale and it was a fun bit of nostalgia but it didn't scratch the itch i was looking for didn't 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 fulfill what i wanted i realized that i needed a sim game now the problem is that f1 2021 just came out and f1 is the f1 series is actually very good um but it's too it's too simulation in just in terms of everything you do because like in, in f1 when you go through season like you literally every race like you have to do the practices and then you qualify and then you have to do the race and the race can vary in length based on like what percentage of the race you want to do that kind of thing but it's very sports simulation like like you're simulating the the being an f1 and i while i wanted a racing sim i just kind of want to race like i don't need all the extra stuff that's associated with it so i gave another chance to a game that i have not given a lot of chance to and that's Gran Turismo Sport on oh, PS4 okay. and fam I have put in 20 hours into this game into the last week it's really really fucking good um, it's just really well done and I remember the reason that I stayed away from it is because I'd heard people say that if you're not going to play online it's not really worth it because there's not a lot of single player content and it's true and it's not so the online content is good. I am very bad and getting the shit kicked out of me, but I have really good sportsmanship, which is important in Gran Turismo. Like, yeah, you have to be a sportsman in the game. If you try, if you try to like ram into cars and act like an asshole, then you're going to get dinged and your rank won't be able to rise above a certain level. Uh, but I'm really bad. Like I haven't won a race. Um, like I finished like in the top five one time, which was great, but mostly I've been in the back of the pack mostly, but I'll get better. I'm, I'm not worried about that. But they still have all of the single-player stuff that a Gran Turismo game has. Like, they still have the driving school. They have, like, targeted missions now as well, which you do, like, slivers of races, but you still have to, you know, run ahead of other cars. They have a really cool thing where for each course that's in the game, um, they have, like, a uh, – it's called, like, breaking point mode. I can't remember what it's called, but basically you can – play each turn and practice each turn on every course so that you know you can figure out like how to break properly around each corner um which i think is really neat because that works kind of like the driving school does and then they have the the campaign mode which is like the campaign mode in the other gran turismos 
the only thing that it lacks um, is the kind of sense of progression. Like, it's not a proper campaign. It's like, hey, you can do all these races and all these tournaments, but there's no, like, progressing through a story. It's kind of up to you to set the progression for yourself. And I think GT7 is going to fix that, but it's kind of weird just kind of being left to go to your own devices. Um, but at the same time, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, the game throws cars at you, cars at you like crazy. Like, they give you so many cars. Like, like every day... You have like a mileage goal that's not very high. Like if you drive like 25 miles over races, like they're like, here's a car. And it's not like it's not like it's a bullshit fucking like, you know, Mini Cooper. Like, no, like it's like, here's a race car. Like, here's a here's a here's a formula car that you can, can I use. Take a PT cruiser? <laughs> uh, there's not. I don't think unfortunately they have PT cruisers in the end. That, that was another criticism when the game first came out is that the car selection uh, was very low. Uh, I think through updates and things like that, there's about 360 cars in the game now, which is low for a GT game. I mean, that feels like a lot of cars. It's a lot of I cars. I also don't know anything about yeah, cars. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fucking cars. The the variety of I don't models really for each... Yeah, the, the variety of models for each brand is a little lacking for certain brands, but there's still a lot of cars. Um, this is a good holdover for until gt7 comes out because i have a feeling that when gt7 does come out i'm gonna get really fucking into it because that's gonna be like a proper gran turismo oh there's also a livery editor in the game and like you can download like shit that other people made as well in terms of like logos and things like that so of course my car is decked out in like playstation logos as far as the eye can see and, and things of that nature as well um which is really fun yeah i wasn't expecting to have played gran turismo as much as I have over the past week, but uh, I'm sucked in, and I think I think you own it if you have a PS5 because it was I think it was one of the games that was available for free. Oh, in that PlayStation oh, Plus upgrade pack. Do they still have like um, like marathon races and stuff like that? You, you you get there eventually. I have it. So like the game has a generic progression system where like as you do races and shit you gain xp and then you level up and such so i haven't unlocked the endurance races yet but they do have them in there and and during the endurance races like you have to like you have fuel consumption and you have tire wear so like you have to actually like like pit and stuff like that and and get and get refueled and get new tires and things of that nature and you can change which tires you put on the car to affect the race strategies as well and of course because it's grand freeze like you can tune the shit out of the cars i have to like have a cheat sheet near me to remember what everything does and and, and how tuning them but you kind of have to do it because like certain races like you want more oversteer capability because there's a lot of tight turns but other races you want to like point your camber in so that you can fucking fly down straightaways because there's a lot of like it's I'm, I'm getting more into it than i thought and i think and i think that the uh I think the uh, falling in love with F one has kind of has kind of helped me along. You're one path. step closer to building a rig and getting a getting a steering wheel and then building a dash. Look, if you if you office. haven't if you don't think that I haven't at least looked at the prices <laughs> of wheels, <laughs> you are you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> I haven't bought one yet. I'm not I'm not quite there. I'm fine with a controller no, you gotta, so far. Yeah, you gotta you gotta wait for for Gran Turismo Seven and then the, then only... the commitment. But if is but if made. I get you but if I get used to driving with a wheel before Gran Turismo Seven comes out, think of how far ahead I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> when the game does release i'm just saying <laughs> the only racing setup that i want that i would ever want is a classic daytona usa 
arcade cab. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw on That's Twitter. It. I saw on Twitter that you uh, that Chris had never heard of Daytona USA, which I also find incredible. Oh my god! Yeah, I. So I have the soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> it's a great soundtrack. One of the one of the all time great arcade tracks is "Let's Go Away" from Daytona yeah. USA. Um, but yeah, he was like, "What the hell are you listening to?" And I was like, "It's Daytona USA." And he was like, "I don't know what that is." So like, we live in Maryland. That's, <laughs> that's in Florida. That's where um, my wife's from. Let me uh, let me go through the new releases here real quick. Uh, Contra Returns coming to iOS and Android. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is on Series X. Apparently, it's really good on there, which to the surprise of everybody, which you shouldn't be. The Series X is a fucking computer. Get out of here. Uh, Neo, <laughs> The World Ends With You uh, comes to PlayStation and Switch. Samurai Warriors 5. That's right. They made another one. Uh, comes to Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. I didn't even know this game was coming out. Like they're just like, oh no, Samurai Warriors coming out. I'm like, do they not even announce them in advance now? They just kind of appear as yep. if from nowhere. <laughs> so uh the great Ace Attorney Chronicles comes to PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Tribes finally. Of- oh, yeah, finally. Uh finally. It- it's actually a pretty big release week, in all honesty. Like I'm going down the list here. Tribes of Midgard to PlayStation PC. Uh, Chernobylite to PC, uh, near reincarnation comes to iOS and Android did not know that near was getting a mobile game, but all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forgotten city comes to PlayStation, Xbox and PC, uh, eldest souls. This is a game. I have my eye on comes to PlayStation, Xbox, uh, switch and PC. This is a top down, uh, souls game, essentially like, like a souls game with Diablo combat, huh? Which, which is pretty, which is pretty Pass. cool to me. Uh, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster series comes to PC, uh, iOS, and Android. Uh, the Ascent, which Micah is looking forward to, and me, comes to Xbox and PC. And then Alone With You comes to Nintendo Switch. That's actually a, that's actually a fucking summer release week right there. That's a hell of a week. Yeah. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator is 102 gigs. I mean that's that's less than. I mean to be fair, they do games. have to put like the whole world in there. Yeah, it's like all it's like all of Google Earth in high. It's in like high resolution. the whole <laughs> the whole Earth. Yeah. Well, more on that next week. Oh yeah. You yeah. Try it out? Why not? It's not that uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Shit, I might play it on my fucking phone. Flight simulator on your phone. Let's see how this fucking goes. I didn't realize. So you can play the fucking. DS version of Final Fantasy 4 on Steam. Oh yeah, for for, I how, for how long? I think they're keeping it cuz really? it's it's the 3D they it's considered a separate title. Hmm. It's just 3D remake. I didn't know that. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong. It's just the first 3 that are coming out this week, right? Like the the Is other it? 3 are I think so. Maybe, but it, it's not specified here. So I could have sworn I heard yeah. them say they were releasing 1, 2 and 3 first and then 4, 5 and 6 later. Huh. I hope not. I'm like definitely not going five. to play one, two, or three. No. Um, I've played one, two, and three, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do that again. Well, like, well, like I said, one is outdated at this point. Two sucks, and then three got done better in five. So, like, yeah, you can wait for, you can wait for that stuff. I feel like uh, the the only one of the first three I would be curious to play the pixel remaster of would be three because mm-hmm. like i haven't played the original version of three i've only played the ds version which changed a lot yeah uh yeah mm, no one is a whole is a an old difficult jrpg and two is bullshit so <laughs> yeah 
Uh, speaking of things that wait, that doesn't speaking work. of bullshit, come uh, to our Discord server. com slash fans. Come to our Discord server. Um, that's where you can uh, uh, post your questions in the post office at any time. It's also where you can do a lot of different things. You can chat with us. You can uh, help us plan the docket by breaking stories for us. Um, it's a good time at densepixels.com slash fans. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. You could look at me being incredibly rude and unprofessional earlier while I was eating. Um, if that's your thing, if you like watching black men eat food. That's someone's fetish. That's 100% someone's fetish. We're going to bring in a whole new audience. <laughs> Maybe Subscribed. not the one we want. Subscribe to uh, TMP, the TMP Studios podcast so. <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerdpocalypse, which is going to be off this week because um, Jay is going out of town and I don't feel like doing the show. Um, Black on Black Cinema, where we, uh, where Jay and I discussed Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, not the Bernie Mac version. Um, Coming Distractions, our contemporary movie show, movie review show. Uh, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's not enough, go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month or $50 for the full year. Uh, you get access to the premium slave podcast, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Man with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversation, and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. I believe that, um, that uh, Jay and Brad uh, said something to the effect of me being the cause for Jeff Bezos to go into space. Something, something along like those that? lines. Something huh. along those lines. Yeah, we um, you you are you are the supporter of an awful company, not us. Yes, not yes, not not us, not us who enable you on <laughs> on the shows that we host, but it's you, the man that <laughs> does the week, ad read on a on a weekly basis. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is the person left holding the bag who is responsible <laughs> for all of the crime. Uh, go to dunspixels.com slash premium. I don't know that we have too much out of uh, the other topics that we're talking about this week. So, like, EA Play was last week, and they kind of tempered expectations by being like, hey, all the things that you want to hear about, we're not talking about any of them. Yeah. So don't expect it. So it was kind of lackluster. Um, I guess the most notable things to me, Grid Legends, like, they're making a grid game, and, like, they're doing the full-on, like, Madden long shot story mode like it's the game's built around that essentially. yeah and it's all live action which yes. is interesting I I I find the return to live action sequences in video games to be extremely interesting because obviously yeah they this saw is 50 something... people bought Night Trap Remastered and they're like there's gold <laughs> in them there hills <laughs> I mean obviously this was something that they tried to do very early on in the early to mid 90s and it was met with um I would say middling responses and a lot of the problem with the early live action incorporation into video games is that um, they didn't hire good actors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so everything sort of felt like a shitty B movie. Though I feel like that plays into the charm of a game like Night Trap. But um, yeah, so. Yeah, me, uh, me, meanwhile, in Grid Legends, they're using like the same technology that like the Mandalorian used to be able to right. film on a soundstage <laughs> without it looking like you were working against a green screen. Yeah, essentially. So. so like the technology's gotten a lot better, both in terms of filmmaking and in terms of making video games. So it feels very seamless between a, a live action story shot and yeah. uh, the actual video game. So it piques my curiosity in a way that 
makes me wonder if we're going to see more of that sort of stuff in yeah. the years to come. So something that they showed off that I think to EA feels like a really big deal. And I feel like that I don't think the community that it's designed for is going to think it's a really big deal is basically in Battlefield 2042. Uh, they're putting in like the golden eye mode that you played with your friends where you could kind of create the rules for the battle that you want to do. And the thing that's cool about it is called Battlefield Portal. So you can pull in assets from all, the entire Battlefield series. Basically, like you can have like Nazi soldiers with their sticks and fucking like shitty guns against like one dude in a fucking Harrier jet, like like raining death upon them and that kind of thing. And you can do it on all these different maps from different games in the series. And like they showed a lot of like really wild game modes. I think they're kind of trying to piggyback off of what Halo did a few years ago to great success. Um, I mean, fuck, I didn't 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 like the fire team mode essentially get created out of a Halo three like multiplayer mod in a lot of cases. So like I get what they're going for. I don't know the battlefield community well enough to be able to speak to if this is something that they're going to be excited about. I thought the battlefield community liked playing like the 32 on 32, like large scale, like conflict matches that are in the game. Mostly. Yeah. I thought that's kind of what separated it uh, at first Hmm. Uh, made it something slightly different. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I guess, uh, I guess this is, this is cool. You know, um, if you want to live out your live free or die hard fantasies of one man <laughs> taking on a Harrier jet, then, you know, you can do it. You can. <laughs> they had, they had one where it was like these, like, uh, 20 of these, like uh, 20 players on one side controlling like these robot drones against one in like a Sherman tank or something like that. That was trying to, you know, do that. So that it, it likes it. It seems like you can kind of play with, it's a sandbox you can kind of play in. And fuck around with. And then uh, the Star Wars Squadron developer EA Motive is putting out a Dead Space remaster or remake, I guess, in, in terms of in, in this terms here. Yep. It's only going to be for next gen. Well, current gen. Uh, and I think a lot of folks are disappointed that it's not a new Dead Space game. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where it's like uh, people have been Dead Space fans, I think, have been wanting a new dead space and this is like they're like hey maybe we'll work on it but like prove to me that you really want it by rebuying the game that Mm -hmm. you love um okay look i that first dead space was really creepy it 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 did a um a pretty good job of creating the right type of atmosphere um and it had a cool little gimmick of like limb severing to to slow down your enemies um and the story was like, you know, typical space horror. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I'm interested to see. The first Dead Space was was great, and I'm I'm interested to see where this where this goes. Like, because by the by that third one, they kind of lost everything that. I don't. Made I don't Space think the Dead fans Space. would want them to just do a straight like remastering of all three games in the series, like maybe two, but then they'd want it to go in another direction. Yeah. uh, 100%. That third game, they missed the point. Like they, they like alone. No one can hear you scream. Like, but, but, but together you could murk the shit of all the, right. right. Like you could be fucking space commandos. If you (laughs) like, all right. Okay. (laughs) It's like I said, if, if I, if I worked for 
visceral <laughs> beforehand. I'd have a little bit of I, I'd have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth with this happening. I mean, again, this is the game that EA purposely shifted to a more action heavy direction and a cooperative direction, and we're like, oh no, by the way, you have to sell five million copies, <laughs> and the studio closed because of it. Like, yeah, that's I fucked just, up. Uh, and then now they're <laughs> like, oh, we're bringing it back because we finally made a single player game that people wanted. So we we see value in single player games now again. <laughs> That are well done. Yeah. So cool. Uh, Hmm. Carrie, uh, why should we be excited about Fallout 76 custom servers? Uh, I just think it's neat. (laughs) Um, Bethesda is bringing custom servers to Fallout 76, which basically allows people to just play the game however they really want to play it. Uh, You are only allowed to build your own custom server or create a custom server um, if you have a Fallout first subscription, which Mm. is like a $13 a month subservice something like that um so that that allows them to create private worlds and stuff like that now here's the thing only one person in a crew has to have a fallout first membership anyone can be invited to a custom world or private server but why is it why is it so much because they gotta make their money back on this fucking mess of a game (laughs) because everything else they've released for it has been free um yeah so i mean you can you can change combat. You can change um, how camps are handled. It's however you want to play. Um, they are also going into um, Bethesda is creating Public Worlds, which is a rotating series of Fallout Worlds experiences available to all players, which will basically feature sort of specific settings that anyone can sort of try out. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, again, I I commend Bethesda for doing seemingly everything they can to make Fallout 76 a worthwhile experience. Um, I also commend them for doing that because I have to because I gave them a lot of shit for several months when the game first came out. Yes. So I have to I, applaud them when they're trying to do right by all the folks that purchased the game. Having played the game again somewhat recently, mm-hmm. um, I think it's worth trying out if you haven't played it before. When are, um, when are companies going to realize just to just just release stuff into early access like this? Like yeah, how, how many if, how many if, games like this have to fucking fall on their face out of the gate and improve steadily over time before that's just a thing? Like, trust me, the people. There will be people that will be there for your early access game. But just yeah. calling it early access will buy you so much, will save you so much grief. Yeah. I yep. just, yeah, I just, I, I what's it going to take for this to, to become a widespread trend is my question. So, yeah, uh, good for them. Good yeah. for people who are still playing Fallout 76. I think it's neat. Um, look, again, they are still just like, they are throwing content into this game. For the people who are still playing it. And almost all of that content is free. The only stuff that you have to pay for is like the Fallout First stuff. Um, which isn't necessary for a complete experience. So uh, if you enjoy the other Fallout games and you saw the absolute... I'll, I'll call it a boondoggle. That was the, <laughs> <laughs> that was the original release of 76. Uh, the game's pretty fucking cheap now i think i thought you said it was free oh it's just free to play it online 
Right. So like yeah. you still have to fucking buy the game right. and it is like twelve dollars. Oh, that's that's like, that's fair, I feel like. Yeah. Uh I would say it's worth thirty. It's a bold that's a bold statement. Maybe. Where 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 could I go to procure such a game? What 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 wares what, what place oh. sells these wares that I could buy if this fall at seventy six? Well we can continue to try and send Jeff Bezos into space and hope he doesn't come back Look, this time. It, go longer next time, Jeff. Yeah. Just stay yeah, just stay out there, man. Uh you can go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and you can buy Fallout seventy six for like twelve dollars. It's really cheap. You can buy all sorts of other shit on Amazon. Again, I just, I really hope that he just like, he takes his dick ship and he just goes all the way out. You know, he really, they really made that rocket look like a penis. It really looks like a penis. His rocket yeah, really man. did look like a big white penis that he shot into space. Like, like where, where was like somebody in the room had to be like, this looks like a penis. Like, like, like some, <laughs> someone, someone had to bring it to their attention. I think it's the culture at Amazon, this big conglomerate <laughs> that prevents people from speaking out of it, even if it makes their their owner look like a giant dick. Perhaps uh perhaps phallic shaped rockets are the most effective aerodynamically to be able to get into space, I suppose. <laughs> Jeff so. Bezos and his big white dick. Just hope the he, rocket. Hope he doesn't just, yeah. just no, <laughs> just the rocket. I really hope. I really hope this whole uh, billionaire space race just just look, strands. I mean, look, strands at least one of them. Well, look, I hope it strands one of them. But look, we're going to need them if we ever want to colonize Mars. Like, like I feel like yeah, that man, we look, can't. Uh, we can't just rely on the government to do it. It seems. Yeah, like. man. Fucking. Uh, we're not. We're not funding NASA enough to to get to Mars. So. Exactly, exactly. If we're going to reach the Mass Effect relays, one of these guys is going to do it. <laughs> right. I mean, look, like we're like we're not we're not just going to find Prothean artifacts on Earth. We would have done it by now, I feel like <laughs> if that was the case. So, we've had a long time. We've dug a lot of things to to have be able to find a Prothean artifact. Um, it's post office time. Two questions this week. Rev says, "What is your favorite book about the video game industry?" Um uh, Blood, sweat, pixels, like that type of yeah book about the industry. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really read any. Not to toot my own horn too much, but I have written several books. <laughs> I have contributed to many books about video games. You should, you should go to Hardcore Gaming One Hundred and One, and you should buy some books that I've written for. <laughs> there you go. Just name your book. Yeah, you the the Hardcore Gaming One Hundred and One Guide to Shin Megami Tensei and Persona. That's recent. There's a, there's a whole out. guy ded- dedicated to SF. Just Shimagami Tensei and Persona. Yep. Okay. And then we uh they just released a book on uh Japanese RPGs that was released through Bitmap Books. That covers like six hundred something games. Uh, I wrote about Golden Sun and a few others, no but shit. like Golden Sun. Um <laughs> I could have used I could have used that uh I could have used that persona book a couple of uh hours ago. I finally made it back to where I stopped. Uh, oh goddamn! Already six oh, wow. hours in. Yeah, already good six Lord. hours in, and I didn't fight the boss the first time, but I fought the boss of um, the space level. Yeah, Okumura. Yeah, uh, Okumura was a fucking pain in the yeah, ass. Yeah, he's a he's the worst boss in the game, Jesus man. Christ, he's actually know? worse in Royal. 
Yo, um, I was so pissed, yo. I was like, yo, what I had the fuck uh, look, I on? had a ton of fucking trouble with him on Royal. Full disclosure, I made the game, I put the game on easy mode because I was so pissed off. I like cranked down the difficulty, whooped his ass wholesale, and moved on with my life after trying to <laughs> actually beat him I, on like no. I did mode. not play any persona this week because just like I said last week, I'm at a point where I'm like, man, when the next time I'll log into this game, it's just gonna be me fucking around at school for like a week and a half. So I'm not I'm I not think you're done, right man. Now. I think you're done. I think that's I'd like it. to get back I'd, I'd like to get back to it. I wanna <laughs> I wanna see how the What was how the, the last shit, boss you fought? Uh Madarame. Okay. I want yeah, to. You got, you got a ways the, to go, man. You I want to see how going. that situation resolved itself. I, I, I feel like with Persona, I at least want to uh, catch back up to real time. Like you know how they tell the story through flashback at the beginning of the game. Like I, yeah. I think I at least want to get to see what's what's happening with what you're doing. You got a there. ways to go, I'm st- bud. I'm still not there. Oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like the halfway point of the game where that happens. It's like nah, yo. 75% of the way. Oh, man. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway. I've played Persona 5 twice. Yeah. Twice. That's, that's a lot of Persona Vanilla 5. And I played Royal. Um, both of y'all got a fucking ways to go. Actually, Micah, you're you're actually pretty close to that point at this point. Right. I think Jesus I think Christ. the next. I think the next. Uh dungeon or palace that you're that you do is the point at which you catch up to real time all right because goddamn like i finally killed i finally got i'm trying to and and now i got and now i got two weeks to kill yeah so Mm -hmm. so i gotta you should go fishing hang out with hang out with the boys you can uh, build up your social hey, links and work your way through mementos. If you are not working on mementos, you are fucking up. I'm uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, to to get in good with Makoto. Uh, okay, that's a good choice because that's my that's that's the a, that's you know you you get choice. Y- you get you get as as the protagonist you get your choice of women <laughs> yeah because that's 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 how real life really works when you're a absolutely awkward 16 year old child yeah yeah even <laughs> like like even like older women which is like again mm, the no. game is very japanese i'm just saying yeah the it's game a, is very very, japanese, very aspirational to, to that kind of thing <laughs> i i do love like look i i went i i went for kawakami um, for kawakami yeah you made i just i get it i get it i'm just saying like i like how like the first story arc in the game is centered around this guy being gross by going after like these young girls but at the same time you're just like but i can also date my teacher not only only fine but encouraged but if i date my teacher it's fine thank you i again full disclosure moment for me tonight i have a body pillow of kawakami in my house where one side is her like teacher outfit and the back side is the maid outfit and it is wow <laughs> yeah that was something i bought at otakon a few years ago and i remember taking a photo of it and sending it to my husband not asking permission but, sending <laughs> but him a advi- warning that it was him. happening just giving him a heads up that that's something i was bringing into our um, marital home i i've not read blood sweat and pixels but i want to because press reset ruin and recovery in the video game industry was a very good book that i enjoyed very much that was also written 
by Jason Schreier is the one that came out this yeah. year. Mike, I highly recommend it. You could probably pound through it in a week. Um, it's not a long read, but it is a gripping read. Uh, and everyone yeah. should check it out because as we're talking about like video game companies being kind of shit, uh, you can learn a lot of stories about video game companies uh, being kind of shit from a more of a, from the business standpoint in that case. But uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, and finally, Cam says, which upcoming wrestling film project will be the bigger propaganda piece? Uh, the Hulk Hogan Netflix movie starring Chris Hemsworth, of all people, or the newly announced WWE uh, Bloomhouse steroid trial movie, The United States versus Vince McMahon. Um, the Hulk Hogan movie is going to be pretty bad propaganda wise. I don't understand how Bloomhouse is allowing Vince McMahon to have anything to do with this fucking film, which is going to frame him in the most positive light possible yeah, yeah, yeah. in like, a situation I'm, that was very dispositive. And it's probably going to shit all over guys like Jesse Ventura, probably yeah, Hulk Hogan like, to some, to some extent, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, I want I want to I'm I'm going to see it, but at the same time, like I'm going to take everything I see in that thing with a grain of salt. Yeah, man. like uh, it is it is not. Uh, I want to I want a real like because it was it was it was fucked up, man. Like I want a real a, a real like documentary on that. Yeah, not just. But now, uh, now that now that being said, Vince McMahon is no less of an egomaniac than Michael Jordan. And the last dance had a lot more like harsh Jordan critique than I expected from a thing that was produced by Michael Jordan. Yeah, but I didn't feel like the last dance was. Uh, I I I I feel like the last dance was at least fair to mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, right? Like even if he like he, he you got you you got to see certain things about him that that. Uh, they played the sympathy angle a lot, you know, when they could, especially with his dad and stuff like that. And well, I mean, that was fucking tragic. So it was, it was, but at the same time, like Michael Jordan's a bit of a dick, you know, like you, you to be successful in this world, you got to kind of be a bit of a dick. And I just want, I want to, you talk about big white penises. I want to see Vince McMahon as the big white dick that he is. <laughs> like the Hulk Hogan one, I you know people have this thing with Hulk Hogan, like they they lionize that dude, like they lionize their their uh, their superheroes and shit, right? Like they don't. Honestly, I'm probably gonna be, I'm probably gonna end up being more offended by the Hulk Hogan movie because we know so much about how shitty right. of an operator Hulk Hogan was. Just, right. I mean, forget forget the fucking racist bullshit. Like just in the right. in the professional in the industry. wrestling industry. Yeah, man. You know, and like, not like, like if, on any of that. Yeah, like like if Chris Hemsworth doesn't utter the line, ah, that doesn't work for me, brother. Like sometimes, some somewhere in the movie, like it's not an accurate depiction of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, man, it's already not an accurate depiction of Hulk Hogan because Chris Hemsworth ain't got legs for to save his life. <laughs> like you say what you want about Hulk Hogan, but like the dude had legs. That's why his move was the fucking leg drop. Drop that three hundred pound leg on you, on your neck. But. uh Look, I'm gonna watch both of them. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna watch both of them, and I'm probably gonna be disappointed by both of them. Yeah, um, and and that's the other thing about Hulk Hogan. Like, Hulk Hogan, as a professional wrestler, is is a very interesting figure, just in terms of what he like his contributions to professional wrestling and and wrestling moments in his career. Hulk Hogan, the person, is not interesting at all. Like, like Hulk Hogan's yeah. not an interesting guy. He just isn't. Yeah. 
Terry Bollea yeah. is uh is pretty fucking boring. He's fu- he's South Florida trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, yo. <laughs> like like but Hulk Hogan like and then yeah, like you said, like I I I really want I would much rather a documentary because wrestling the most interesting thing about wrestling is not the wrestling. Yeah. It's it's everything involved in it. It's everything else outside of the of that ring. And um and uh, I, I'm super curious to see how they. Yeah, but again, but, but again, the problem with documentaries, and and we're going to see what this one is. This is this is going to probably have a very unreliable narrator yeah. attached to it. Yeah. So it's, it's it's important before you watch the Vince McMahon steroid movie to read some of the facts about the Vince McMahon uh, steroid movie before you go into it because it's it's a very interesting fucking uh, fucking situation uh, that happened yeah. back then. Yeah, this uh, this poor. This poor wrestling promoter who was uh, uh, eking out and, and, and stealing uh, talent and wiping out territories uh, all over the place. Uh, we have to pity him. And, yes, because the government tried to get him. Right, because the government tried to get him for, you know, distributing drugs, essentially. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for the questions, uh, submitting those again. If you are not in discord, go to dancepixels.com slash fans, uh, join up today, get an invite. We take post office questions all week long and you guys always come up with some good ones. So make sure that you guys are contributing in there as well. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts along with all the other TNP studio shows, subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash And while you're on the internet, uh, follow us all on Twitch as well. I'm dense pixels, Brad. Carrie's stuff it's Carrie and Terrence's apparition 410. Uh, thanks very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all next time. See ya. See ya.